0: Hi, I'm Moose Jaw Matt and this is Nature and Science for Kids. In this episode, Jeff from Knoxville, Tennessee is joining us for an interview about personal encounters with sharks. Let's dive in. Well, on today's show, we have a guest, Jeff White from Knoxville, Tennessee. He also happens to be my brother. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Moose Jaw Matt, or should I say bro? <laughs>
1: This is actually my first podcast interview, so I'm really super excited and
0: just a little nervous, so bear with me if you can. I'm excited too. <laughs> well, I'm your younger brother, so from my perspective as your younger brother, you always seemed interested in the nature. Was there a time you remember first becoming excited about going outside to be with nature and animals? Hmm. Well, I don't actually know if it's my first
1: memory of being excited about nature, but I, I, I do remember that our parents, they would take us out into nature as often as they could, typically on a, on a Sabbath or a Sunday. And we would do things like canoeing, uh, visiting nature centers, and just going out and being in the woods. And that just always excited me, looking at the birds and looking for frogs and turtles and snakes. So uh,
0: being outside is just awesome. Yeah, I remember some of those adventures. Those were good times. I'm glad our parents got us outside. Me too. We definitely got the bug in a good way. Last episode was about sharks, and today's episode is about experiences that we've had with sharks. So go ahead and get us started. What's the first memory you have experiencing a shark?
1: Oh, man. Um... As part of the getting outside and nature things, our parents would take us camping. And one of the places we would go camping is on an island called Assateague Island in Maryland. And so the the first experience with sharks was probably in one of the nature centers they had there. They had this huge fish tank and inside of it, they had a, a small shark swimming around called a dogfish. Now, I know dogfish, it doesn't sound like a shark, but it's a smaller (laughs) species, about 12 inches, and it would just swim back and forth in this big fish tank with blue crabs and horseshoe crabs and a bunch of hermit crabs running around, and it was just so neat to see this shark so clear and up and personal. So Mm
0: -hmm. I think that was probably the first personal experience. You've been fishing on the beach before, and you've caught some sharks there. Is there a particular catch or shark you remember?
1: I actually remember one of the first shark that we caught and it was on a trip when your son, Edmund, was really, really tiny. And we were kind of tempted to maybe use him as shark bait. But this was (laughs) down in Charleston and we were still pretty new to the whole fishing on the beach thing. And it was actually your turn to reel in whatever we caught and so while we're watching Edmund run around in the waves and playing in his little pool uh, it was fun and exciting to watch him and it was very distracting because watching kids have fun out in nature is fantastic and when we looked back at the fishing pole the rod tip was bending over like there was an invisible hand shaking it back and forth and so we knew there was something big on there and we could hear the real singing which it makes that sound when line is actually being pulled off of the fishing pole. And it would go, bzzz, and it, it just makes a funny sound. So since it was your turn, you ran over really fast, kicking up sand all over the place. And you picked up the pole, you, you tightened what's called the drag on the reel to make it so the line doesn't go off as easily. And you pulled the rod tip back, setting the hook. And that's a, that's a safe way to make sure that the hook is in the corner mouth of the shark and that's a that's a healthy place for it to be well i remember just my heart was pounding as i watched you pull back on the rod and they would reel down real fast and you would pull back on the rod and you would reel down real fast and you pull back on the rod and you would reel down real fast and it took you uh, man probably a good five minutes to reel this fish in but while you're reeling it in it was amazing because this shark would leap out of the water and spin in the air and you could see it just glistening and shimmering in the sunlight.
0: Mm -hmm. And it
1: was fantastic knowing that we had a shark that we were reeling in. So after these five minutes of this shark jumping and swimming and jumping and swimming, we were able to get it into the shallows where we were able to pull it up into shallower water. And I carefully held the shark's body from wiggling around. I had it actually pinned between the knees of my legs and we were able to open its mouth, unhook it quickly, mm-hmm. and then you picked it up, you got your picture with it. We learned <laughs> everything that. we Yeah, we learned everything we could, looked at its teeth and looked at its gills and how they worked. And then as quickly as we could, we put it back in the water and we and we pushed it out into the shallows and it swam off really, really strong. And it wasn't out of the water for probably more than a minute, which is good, because you don't want to ever shock a, a fish or a shark by keeping it out of water too long. So the weird thing was after we were high-fiving and getting pictures and things, we were just so excited. I looked down and there was blood oozing down my legs. And I was like, ah, I've been bit by a shark, <laughs> but I don't ever remember getting bit by the shark. And then I realized while I had been holding the shark with my knees, it had rubbed the skin off of my knees. And if you don't know, sharks have a very, very rough skin. Um, It's almost like sandpaper. And it's Mm -hmm. actually called a dermal denticle. And that's kind of a fancy name for a teeth-like skin. Um, These small teeth, they actually help uh, reduce the friction in the water. It almost makes them aerodynamic, Mm -hmm. um, which means it can fly through the air, but they don't fly through the air unless they're jumping like this spinner shark would. But it actually makes it so they can cut through the water faster and faster. So it's really, really neat.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't actually remember the blood on your leg, but I do remember the shark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, shark attacks are not for our listeners. You might remember from the last episode, shark attacks are are not very common. So if you get attacked by a shark, you might be considered lucky. Yeah, that was a <laughs> <laughs> It's a
1: rare occurrence. Yeah, you're more likely to get struck by lightning than getting bit by a shark.
0: So have you caught anything else besides sharks? Oh, yes. There are many
1: things out of the beach that you can catch. And that's one of the exciting things about fishing at the beach. You never know what you're going to possibly hook into. We've caught uh, bluefish, which are beautiful blue uh, fish. And they have <laughs> really sharp teeth. There's redfish, And this is sounding actually like a, a story that I read as a child, I'm sure. But there's also stingrays and skates, and stingrays are part of the shark family, and they actually have a sharp barb on their tail. And skates are also part of the shark family, but they don't have the stinger like a stingray. And sometimes I even catch some
0: sunrays because I didn't put sunscreen on, and Mm -hmm. I've burnt sunrays. (laughs) Have you had any other personal encounters with sharks? Oh, I
1: have. I'm a big snorkeler, and -hmm. I know you're you're a scuba diver. And for those that don't know, snorkeling is a lot like scuba diving, except I don't use air tanks and I don't use the respirators and weight belts and things. Uh, I prefer just to use a mask, some fins and this snorkel, which is, it's something you hold in your mouth and it goes up behind your head. So when you're looking down in the water, you're always connected to air, which is just on the surface. And so my wife and I went down to an island called St. John, and they have a beautiful beach there that's known to Uh, for the chance to see sea turtles. So I'm out snorkeling in the water. And I'm looking right towards the beach where there's turtle grass in the water. And then I would look left out in the ocean uh, to watch for sharks that might want to eat a turtle or me. And I would look right for the turtles, and I would look back left for the sharks, and I would look right for the turtles, and I would look left for the sharks, and Mm -hmm. I would look right for the turtles and see a shark. And then I would look left for the shark. What? Wait. Wait. There's a shark to my right. It's in between (laughs) me and the shore. What am I going to do? Well, I remembered that sharks can sense your excitement. So I stopped and slowly calmed my breathing down. And I just watched the shark for a few seconds to see what it was doing. And it was just calmly swimming the same direction I was going, which was just up the beach. And so I decided to just go ahead and swim along with it. Now, I was probably a good 50 feet away. I was at about six to eight feet of water and it was only in about two feet of water. But being in the same water that a shark is swimming in is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And so we just calmly swam along together for a while. And I continued looking for the turtles and other sharks, but I always kept my eye on that gray reef shark as it swam through the water. And so we, we enjoyed each other's company for a while. Uh, he had a much easier time swimming than I did. I didn't have that cool sandpapery skin, the dermal denticles. And so I had to swim a lot harder. But after a little while, it decided it got closer to me and closer and closer. And then it just swam a large circle around me. And when it was back between the shore and I, it swam directly at me. And I don't know about you, but having a four to five foot shark swimming directly at you is a little nerve wracking. It is. But I, <laughs> just, I just took a deep breath and relaxed my heart. And I lifted my feet up a little bit and curled into a ball on the surface. And it swam right beneath me.
0: And that's swam, neat.
1: Yeah, it just, it just swam off into the open ocean. And it was a really, really neat experience. And I'm always going to remember, remember that uh, shark friend that I
0: made that day. Swimming with a shark is really cool, really uh, (laughs) nerve-wracking. It's all mixed together, but you definitely don't forget the experience. Never. You've mentioned to me that shark teeth fascinate you. Uh, Tell us why they fascinate you. I'd rather them fascinate me
1: than bite into me.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But shark's teeth are slightly different than our teeth. We as an adult human, we have 32 teeth, and we use our teeth to slice or to bite and chew. There's several purposes that different teeth uh, do. But sharks, they can have up to 3,000 teeth in their mouth and they have five rows of teeth. And so their mouth is just packed full of teeth. But one of the reasons why they have so many teeth is they're temporary, they're not meant to last. It's because of the way they use their teeth. They're grabbing onto slippery little fish or maybe a hard shelled turtle and so it's very easy for one of their teeth to pop out or to break or mm-hmm. to get dull. And then once they grab that piece of meat, they have to thrash about because they can't chew. And when they tear off a piece of meat, they have to swallow it whole. So remember, sharks, always swallow your food whole with your mouth closed, please. You know, it's all about etiquette here. Yes. But in all of that thrashing about, the, those teeth get damaged quickly. But mm-hmm. God... God planned ahead. He knew how sharks had to use their teeth. And so he made a way for them to actually have replacements. See, the sharks are only biting and using the first row or two. And so when one of those teeth pops out, there's another tooth behind it that will just slide up into place. Mm -hmm. And so there's always teeth that are constantly being replaced. And if you're careful, when you're walking along the shore, looking at seashells and such, you might find one of those teeth that have washed up on the shore. And I found hundreds of them.
0: That's that's always a fun thing, too, to, have, to hold the tooth of a shark that was in the water. Yeah. And you, you have it. Yes.
1: And I think it's a great reminder how sometimes God calls us to stand in the gap. There might be people in our family or maybe a friend in the neighborhood or in our school or even in our church. They do awesome things. They fill a very specific purpose or a role, and they're doing neat things. But sometimes they pop out or you know, they may move away. They may have to do something that re- means they can't do that job anymore. And God will call you or somebody else to fill that gap. And so whenever I see a shark's tooth, I think another tooth had to step into place and fill that role. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me that sometimes God may call me or my kids to step in and do something nice for somebody else. And it reminds me of a Bible story. God was looking for a guy to go tell a group of people some difficult news and that guy he popped in he filled the gap he said here i am send me and that was not a fun thing i'm sure that he wanted to go and do tell a bunch of people some not nice news but he mm-hmm. did it anyway he fulfilled his job just like a
0: shark's tooth can mm-hmm. thanks brother for joining us on the podcast i've really enjoyed sharing these experiences with sharks that we've had together
1: Well, thanks for having me for my first podcast interview, Moose Jaw Matt. And (laughs) that makes me bring up a quick question. You've got a really cool nickname. Can I have a neat nature podcast type nickname like Grouper Mouth Jeff or Ginger Drink Jeff? Or how about Galloping Shark Riding Jeff?
0: No, that doesn't quite sound right. How about we just do Jeff with a G? Jeff, with that works. I can deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose it's my turn to share an experience I had with sharks. As I said in the last episode of Mystery Shark, sharks aren't usually interested in me. Often they quickly swim away. But one time, they were a bit more curious. I was at a dive site in Yap, Micronesia, called vertigo. I swam down 30 feet to the top of a reef wall in some of the clearest water imaginable. The reef wall went straight down out of sight, perhaps hundreds of feet. The current was strong, so we hooked into the wall with metal hooks to keep from being swept away. We were there to see sharks. We didn't have long to wait. Shark after shark came in full view of us and our cameras. Gray reef sharks cruised 10 yards in front of us. I was loving the experience, snapping as many pictures as I could. I was so enthralled with the sharks in front of me, enthralled means engrossed, enraptured, focused on, that I almost didn't see the shark coming from just above and behind me. A black tip reef shark, one of my favorites, even if a little startling. I wanted to get better pictures, so I moved slightly lower on the wall and leaned out toward the sharks, pushing the camera as close as I could. But as I moved closer to the sharks, they moved closer to me. No longer swimming at a speed I was comfortable with, the sharks seemed energized and began swimming more aggressively. I looked up at the dive master, higher on the reef wall who gestured in no uncertain terms that it was time for me to go back up closer to him. Time to go. The rest of the dive was mostly uneventful, besides a shark swimming from out of nowhere right under us. Let's just say it was a little unnerving. The rest of the dive was uneventful, but getting to the boat was eventful. There were dozens of sharks swimming around in the water below us when we went to the surface. The problem was that the dive boat didn't come to get us. We could see it bobbing in the water, so we called for the driver. No response. After a quick conversation, the four of us decided that two of us would swim to the boat on the surface, you know, looking like shark food, while the other two of the group bobbed in the water, waiting, you know looking like shark food. Not one of us scuba divers drowned, and not one of us scuba divers was eaten by sharks. That's not their usual style anyway. The driver of the boat, however, had fallen asleep. I'd like to say thank you to Jason from the Green Mountain State, Vermont, and Linda from the Donor State, Oregon. Never mind. They are our most recent patron supporters. You too can be a supporter with Patreon. We have recently changed the supporter options and included some brand new merchandise. We have stickers and t-shirts now available. Check out the link in the episode notes for more details. Thank you for all your support and kind words. We have passed the 2,000 download mark and are pacing around 1,000 downloads each month. It feels good to know that others are enjoying this podcast along with me. If you haven't already left a review on your podcast platform, please consider doing that right now. Every little bit helps. Finally, look on Facebook for pictures of our shark experiences. No, we're not ready for that yet. We have a mystery riddle first, and here it is. Salty snap. Hidden trap. Scales and teeth. Not hidden in a reef. This mystery riddle is a clue to our next episode, so find the answer to this riddle on our next episode. I'm Moosejaw Map. Until next time, keep exploring your world!